0: this is, uh, quite, uh... this is Joe
1: Cole this is ruben off the cheek and you're listening to the London, London, London is blue, blue
0: podcast.
2: podcast hello and welcome back to London is blue I am Jesse in the hot seat today joined by Nick and Dan another new configuration for for this side of the the podcast guys how's it going it's
1: it's the preseason we're trying new formations <laughs> right we're trotting out some new personnel we're gonna see what works Um yeah, I'm not hosting this one. So it's it's awesome. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back, let Jesse just kinda drive the show from midfield, and I'll just poach in a goal or two. That's what I'm gonna I do. I feel then.
2: shyer doing like doing the hosting when you're here. Like I feel more more concerned about I it.
0: I believe in you.
2: <laughs> Thank because
0: you. he's going to find a way to trip you up. Is that why? Oh. No. It I mean, feels
2: like you know when a new manager comes in and they give someone else the captain's armband, but the former captain's still there on the pitch, and everyone's like, you know, like, were they actually okay with it? What the what's the vibe?
0: I'm the salty <laughs> former captain. That's what's <laughs> happening. Okay. So
2: it's Steph Horton of this podcast, well, look, potentially. You've,
0: you've been be riddled by injury. You know, you can't so play down every down match anymore. And look, you know, somebody's available on the pitch for a full ninety minutes every game. We can wake out, and you know, the armband has to shift. You can be the captain. <laughs> On the bench, the club captain, some might say.
1: Are you saying that I'm in the twilight of my career, Dan?
0: <laughs> oh, look, I'm not saying that the way okay. that Chelsea structures their content, uh, their contracts is saying it.
1: Oh, okay. All right, well, off to a flying start here, you know?
2: Great, well, um, <laughs> we are here to discuss Chelsea's 1-0 win over the Portland Thorns to finish off the brief American tour that, that took place. Uh, I enjoyed... Uh, this thing in our Discord from Callan who said, Champions Cup third place, you'll never sing that. (laughs) I love a pointless pre-season position. uh, One of those matches where you know no one really cares, but everyone's trying to convince that it does matter if you don't come fourth. But yeah, a couple of things I think we can talk about today. uh, Looking at whether... The starting lineup last night was was the one for September the 11th against West Ham because I think it might be uh, spoiler alert. And oh. um, new right hand side <laughs> of Yves Perez and Johanna Canarid We got to see that yesterday as well. And also a slight negative. We've got to talk about these things still. But you know, dealing with pacey attackers, are we better prepared than we were last season? But first, Nick, I'll come to you. Three word match review.
1: Yeah, I wasn't prepared um, for usual because I usually uh, am, am kind of captaining the ship. But, <laughs> but coming off the bench here, I'll go uh, Thorns. But
0: actually, c- can we clarify? Are you the type of club captain that's going to ask for the arm man back when you come onto the pitch? <laughs> or are you going to let Jesse hold on to it when you're both on the pitch at the same time?
1: You know, I think it's incumbent upon the vice captain to uh, perhaps uh, make that choice. But. Uh, I will say thorns in Portland. That's what I'm going to go with.
2: Oh, I've got absolutely no idea what that means.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there was this difficult match. That's all.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, Dan, what about you? I
0: said framework for success question mark, because I think we saw some things that worked. I think we saw some things that maybe didn't necessarily work or are going to need more experimentation in our next preseason match versus Spurs, but in general, it seems like we have added pieces that make a lot of sense and have made us a a net better side, but how they all work together remains to be seen.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with something similar. I'm going with cooking along nicely. You know, I feel like we've got a good cake in the oven, but we've opened the door and we stuck our finger in and we can see the cake's not cooked yet, but I think once it is, it will be tasty. So there we go. So,
1: (laughs) Been been watching Bake Off recently, have we?
2: I don't know where that metaphor came from. Uh, But there we go. So, yeah, we played Portland on Saturday, August the 20th in the Women's International Champions Cup at Providence Park. 1-0 win thanks to a 64th-minute goal from Guru Ryton. Nick, do you want to run us through the teams?
1: Sure, Will. Um, Look, uh, Ann Katrinberger makes a return. To, to the lineup that did, did not uh, necessarily see that coming, but uh, replaces Musevich and uh, in, in goal Uh do we, do we align on, is it Paraset? set have we figured it out as a team here? Is there a, an official pronunciation here?
2: I think it's Paraset. set, but no uh, one else seems to be saying that. So I'm just going to, st- I feel a bit embarrassed saying it like that now,
0: Dan, what are your thoughts? I was going with Paraset, but um, Boy. it could be Paraset.
1: Eve starts it right back. How about that? Um, Millie Bright, uh, Kanisha Buchanan, and Magda as kind of your back line. Pernilla Harder, Sophie Engel, and Aaron Cuthbert in midfield, although Pernilla kind of played much further forward. And then JRK, Sam Kerr, and Gro Wrighton kind of make up your <coughs> front three. Substitutes of now in Jess Carter, Beth England, Lauren James, Svitkova, Marin Mielda, Neve Charles, Abdulina, and Emily Orman. Uh, of, I think we did make full five subs here uh, out of this one, although you could make up to 11 in this tournament, which is silly uh, for all <laughs> intents and purposes.
2: Yeah, it would have been fun, though, I think if we just got to see a totally different... I have seen some teams doing that in preseason. I think Wolfsburg just put out a totally different... 11 for the second half of that game. Yeah, if you're going to do do it, just do the Go the whole hog. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Dan, do you want to run us through some of the stats?
0: Well, we had 21 shots to their 19, seven on target to their five, 60% of the possession to their 40%. 476 passes there 324 uh, we were 83 percent pass accuracy They're 74 14 fouls from us to their seven with one yellow card apiece no red cards uh even though it feels like some of our players definitely tried to pick up that second maybe uh one offsides apiece and then four corners to their six and an expected goal uh chelsea 1.85 to portland's 1.94
2: yeah, that that XG for Portland was a lot higher than than I expected it to. I feel like because so basically I fell asleep, so I mm. watched th- this match this morning. Sure. And there's always something funny when you watch a match and you know what the result is. You, I feel like you you come you come at it quite differently. So I feel like maybe I've got a more positive reaction to how some of this game went than than you guys did. Nick, do you think that's fair?
1: But probably. I mean, like when I for important matches like I'll re-watch them sometimes just to validate whether my in the moment reaction was right or not and once you know that Chelsea's like won or lost the match you watch a game in a much more calm state like you're not kind of all over the place kind of analyzing everything you're looking for specific stuff so I, I think that's right um look it's preseason. Uh, the Thorns are in the middle of their regular season, right? They're actually uh, first place in the NWSL. They're a really good team, um, and they have some really good players that you know kind of play their full strength eleven yesterday until kind of Sophia Smith came on in the last like twenty or thirty minutes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a slow grind of a game uh, for sure. And Chelsea will play much much better uh, than they did uh, yesterday. However. Uh, they still did enough to get it over the line, then.
0: Yeah, this to me felt like a better test for Chelsea in terms of a fitness standpoint. You got a team that is in the midway part of their season and how they're progressing versus a team that is second game back after some players had time off some players went to the Euros some players uh you know went to the Euros and went home early um you know there, there's been a spectrum of experiences for the Chelsea players this um uh, this summer and to get a side that's a little fitter a little fresher a little bit more up to speed than even Leon were in the first you have 60 minutes where Chelsea kind of dominated this to me felt like a better test of fitness levels more than, and that's I think where we needed to get to Jesse.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's still... I've tried to talk to Americans about why American teams play these kind of games in the middle of the season. The conclusion seems to be money. But, uh, yeah, it is useful, you know, to have that opportunity because obviously when you're playing other teams, you know, yeah, we saw this with Leon. Like, they weren't playing Hegeberg. They weren't playing Wendy Renard. So you can, like, look at it and say, well, I think we were okay, but we weren't really playing a... Version of Leon that actually has any bear, bearing in reality to to one that we might get in the Champions League or something. Whereas, you know, even though Portland didn't play all of their best players, you know, they were still playing like Morgan Weaver and Christine Sinclair, Like the, these aren't bad players to have to to have to face up to. So I think generally to come away from the come away with the win as well is it's just like good vibes. I think especially because of the way the Leon game ended, where maybe we left and were like we played well and deserved to win, but we didn't. And you're like, it doesn't really matter, but there's a bit of you that is like, it does. So
1: it's, it's a mentality thing more than anything, right? Like these results do not matter. It couldn't matter less, right? It, it, to your point, like why Portland would throw another game in the middle of their season, again, or two more games in the middle of their season and it's high quality opposition baffles your mind. Like that's just a way to get people hurt mostly, especially on turf, which I will talk about later. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I think it's a mentality thing. Like, it was phenomenal that that group of, of defenders who largely played 90 minutes got a clean sheet yesterday, right, against a team that does have some serious attacking talent, especially when Sophia Smith is, is, in the, is in the team. I mean, there is there's something to say for that, right? And I think, equally, there's something to say when you give up two goals after you've dominated a game against Lyon in, in kind of, like, weird fashion, right? So... I, I don't think that anyone's gonna look back on this Portland Thorns game in the middle of the of the WSL season and go, Man, do you remember Portland and, and the mentality monsters that emerged that day? But like I, I do think for Emma, like she's a perfectionist. She wants this to be a team that goes and wins the Champions League at some point. You can't do that if you're just shipping goals all the time.
2: Yeah. I think that's I think that's definitely fair um we are gonna take a quick ad break and we will come back and go through some of those points in a bit more detail all right so let's talk a bit more about the the game itself um I think one of the first things I wanted to touch on is is whether this is the first choice 11 at this point in time because when the lineup came out which I was still awake for that bit, It certainly felt to me like, (coughs) wow, this is like a lineup that that really fits. And actually, we spoke on on the pod after the Leon game about playing this exact defensive shape with kind of Magda as this quasi left back, left sided centre back, and Buchanan and Bright then as as the centre backs. So, Nick, what what did you kind of make of that? Is this something that gives us the protection on the flanks, but then the flexibility to still push forward with wing backs?
1: I uh, I'm unsure. I mean, I, I think when you saw like kind of Portland roll into their first choice attack at the end of the game, it became a lot less secure. Like I don't think Eve had a particularly good game yesterday for a hundred different reasons. The fact that this is her second appearance for the club and you know there's she played a whole slate of games for France and the in the Euros and stuff like that. But I think against pacey attacks, like the Magda pseudo center back, pseudo left back, pseudo attack up the side. Like, I don't know if that really is going to make a whole lot of sense unless you're just dominant in possession uh, and are able to kind of play keep ball. Um, I I think that in the way that it was structured yesterday, it put Buchanan under a ton of pressure. Um, And, you know, Millie's just kind of getting back into it. So I think you can forgive everybody for not necessarily being sharp and, the turf having a lot to do with the way the ball bounces and shit like that. So I I think there's just, like, a lot of factors into it. But I worry that if Buchanan's the only central defender with pace, Dan, that, like, that could spell disaster against some of these teams, especially Champions League teams that have so much pace and firepower up top. Like, it, it would just kind of put her in
0: a difficult spot also depends upon who you have kind of anchoring your midfield i mean i think uh sophie uh, engel did not have the best day out in terms of the performances on the pitch and again the context is this is about getting up to fitness getting up to speed making sure that you're ready for the season at hand so take that in the context of you're playing against a team that's been training been playing actual matches for a longer period it just did not look as solid as maybe you would have hoped Yeah, you know, we we did kind of see aaron play a little bit more of that deep six position in the first match versus leon and so maybe that is something where you do have a little bit more flex heading into the start of the season to give yourself some more solidity less pressure potentially for buchanan and bright if they kind of do press a little bit further forward i guess that would be the solution but you know i think to maybe the the question jesse i think the only one that maybe is the biggest question mark for me is is lauren james sit into your opening day 11 over one of these other players
2: Mm, yeah i think that'll be interesting because i actually thought lauren when she came on as well was very very good um just also again in it, the way the ball like sticks to her feet, would just felt like something that we'd really missed. Maybe at points to in bringing the game under the, under control, and I think it was really interesting that it felt like there was a real 10-15 minute period where Portland had made their changes, they brought on all their better players, and we kind of lost control again. And it wasn't until Lauren came on that I felt like we really started to actually go back to putting them under pressure. And then I think for the last ten minutes, we we were probably the be- the better team. But just on that that Sophie Ingle point, Dan, I think. She's not a player who I feel like I know what she necessarily offers this side anymore, because she's never been someone who I've seen as like a great passer as the ball of the ball, and I've always kind of like looked to her defensively. But I feel like increasingly, that's something that just just doesn't seem to be to be there right now. Do you, do you go with Erin there instead?
0: I mean, I would say at least on a, a light amount of data um, that you would probably put her in there and trust her to get the job done over Sophie at the moment. But I do think that's why maybe we have been linked with other midfield options and uh, potentially have at least uh, one other name coming in so that you don't lose some of what Aaron can bring kind of to the, the forward game as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny... Like we were recording this right after Chelsea lost the leads uh, in, in the Premier League, right? So,
0: And it's crazy how upbeat Nick is. I,
1: frankly, have never been happier. Um, <laughs> but I am... like the, the, There are some similarities when you don't have a true defensive midfielder like between these teams. And the way that the ball gets played through the midfield sometimes, if if Sophie's not going to be a great pass for the ball, right, Jesse, then then that's one thing, right? Because there are so there's such a small sample in world football of really, really top-class central defenders who also have, like, a wand of a foot, right? I mean, that's a very small Venn diagram overlap. But you also then can't lack the physicality and speed to make up for what could be an errant pass here or there, right? And I think that's where we just got lost in some of the pressure last night a little bit when... She was looking for somewhere to turn, and there wasn't anywhere obvious to turn with the ball. Um, it was kind of Jorginho-y at times, like, and, and I was just like, "Oh boy!" Like, because then there's not you don't have the speed to make up for it, make the crucial last ditch challenge, help your center backs out, and then it puts all the pressure right in front of Brighton Buchanan at that point, or or out wide, right? So, I I think that's a problem, and it, and if you're going to start the season on September 11th, it can't be with with Engel, as kind of that deep-lying CDM, I think you have to try and figure out a way to at least do some sort of double pivot or, like, bring help in for Cuthbert because Cuthbert can do that job. I don't think it's how you're going to get the best out of her necessarily, but I don't think, I don't think that's a realistic option to start the season. I think Engel needs some time to kind of figure out what, what her role is.
2: Yeah, because I think the other thing is is it feels like, and this might just be more of a preseason thing, this isn't something I normally associate with her, but I just felt like her touch just wasn't there at all, and that's, again, like, you can't, when you're receiving the ball in those kind of areas, you have to be able to rely on on receiving it properly.
1: Can I just make my turf, can I do the yeah. turf thing right now? It's <laughs> fucking honest. absurd that this is being played on turf. Like, there are so many soccer-specific stadiums in the United States now that are more than capable of hosting an event like this. And the fact that you chose an area, no, no disrespect to Portland, it's a cool city, I have no qualms of being hosted there. You just have to play on grass. That's what these players are used to. This is what your top European teams are expecting when they come to the States. I think it's a bad showing for the States to host this thing on turf. It's a bad surface to play on for a thousand different reasons. We saw Ruben Terra's Achilles here when they played at Gillette on turf. Like it's an injury waiting to happen. The fact that we escaped without any real injuries is a blessing. But the ball bounces so differently. And so I think all of these players who I think you trust to have really great first, second, third touches, the ball got away from Aaron and Pernilla yesterday like crazy. And, like, and I don't think that's a factor of them not being able to control the football. I think it's the fact that this stupid-ass tournament was played on turf, and the organizers should be ashamed by that, by the way. like I think that is the, the requisite for any tournament played in the United States is that it has to be played on grass, no matter how cool the city is. Period.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like I was at um, my local non-league team yesterday, and, and they've got turf. And it makes perfect sense for a team like that who are in the non-league because it means it's you know fairly easy to maintain. You can play it on it all year round. But I was watching it then and I was like, it's ridiculous that, that we've been playing on this for the past two games as well because it, the, you know, the gap in quality is is such a joke. And yeah, I, I wanted to touch on Peniela actually because something I really like about this shape and playing this like, quasi-four is that I feel like it gives her a lot more freedom, and I think even though there were some kind of poor touches and passes, which I think is maybe, you know, a bit of preseason, a bit of turf, whatever, like, it's Pernilla Harder. I'm not worried about it. I feel like she's got a lot more freedom to go where she wants when she's in that less rigid system, Nick.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think how you're going to get the best out of Pernilla Harder this season is... Playing in between the lines, right? I mean, I think you, you look at some of the forward options that we have, and it's absurd. Like, there is so much depth in attack, especially when you have a healthy Frank Kirby, especially when you get a Lauren James fully involved in the team. You know, you think about the season that Groh Wrighton had last year. You think about the season Sam Kerr had last year. Like, all these players. And then Pernilla kind of becomes the odd player out of, like, a traditional front, front three if you have all these different players going because it's just kind of an odd fit in the way that emma hayes has structured her team but what she is is a really creative player in space like she she has all the body movements the feints the dribbling ability all this stuff to create space for herself and for others and like that to me dan is where if she's able to find these like little gaps some of the problems that chelsea had against low blocks last season will not be as apparent because it will suck defenses up to her and allow for players to
0: get in behind. Well, you saw a couple of times where the ball was played to Sam and she was playing back to goal, received it, dropped it down, and was looking for how can I play this out quickly to the left, to the right, to a runner who's going to be able to crash into the box, get a one-on-one opportunity or be one you know either versus a defender or one one with the keeper and just take the shot and the opportunity and there was and <laughs> there was an attempt to to do that and uh it just was a wide fired shot um yesterday but more likely than not it, that's going to be a shot that goes in if given the freedom to claim that space claim that role and if we repeat it Consistently to put us in a situation to be comfortable playing that way. And I think before you were looking for the interchange, and like again, another thing is we have not penciled like Fran and Kirby into this lineup yet, because uh, that also changes a ton of things uh, in terms of how we construct ourselves as a as an eleven. Jesse.
2: Yeah, I think let's talk about let's talk about Fran and, and talk about that kind of right hand side because obviously we got to see Harrison <laughs> and Canarid. Look, they were playing together for the first time. I thought generally they grew into their their roles and and relationships, but overall I I think I was I thought they I thought they did a decent job. I was like I can see this this going in a positive trajectory. Nick, you're smiling. You didn't I, No,
1: I you're you're being very nice. I that's all. I'm...
2: <laughs> you like you, you didn't think Eve was good? You've touched
1: on. That I, I mean, I think they both. I think they both kind of struggle. I mean, I, I think Canerade has some real pace, though. I mean, I, I think I was. a I was surprised by that. I mean, obviously a very slight frame, uh, but you know, if she's able to withstand kind of the the week in week out in the WSL, like she'll cause a lot of issues. Um, I think I wonder about how she fits into the attacking flow a little bit because part of the magic of Guru is that you have someone who's like a wide creator who also then crashes into the box to score, and I I didn't see Kanarid necessarily make that... It was very right-wing dominant, stay on that side, like, you know, only kind of track back to help Eve and not really dive anywhere else, so, you know, again, one game, very small sample size, but I was just... uh, I was kind of confused as to the whole flow, because you... You see Frank Kirby, Sam Kerr, Pernille Harder just kind of make space for each other and just kind of instinctively know where the other is going to be and pass the ball. And, you know, I mean, you had that telepathic 2020 season between Kerr and Kirby, which was, like, absurd. Um, I'm just a little less sure of Canterade versus someone like, even like Lauren James, who I think has shown some uh, some better sync this year already.
2: Dan, do you think this is just a case of different options for different moments like i I agree with nick i think canard's a very traditional winger in that sense um very different to someone like fran who we've obviously just seen for example winning the euros with england as a 10 when we play her you know so so naturally she's gonna have that that kind of different movement is this just emma looking for the option of something different if she needs it
0: well i think it's the preparation for unavailability you know, we've had several players within this side who are still in this side, and you know, who've been out for long periods of time. And you know, I think we would all hope that Frank Kirby can play an injury-free season and be available for every single match and help drive Chelsea to another league title, another domestic cup, potentially a Champions League victory. All of that would be phenomenal. But the past two years would tell you that that would be banking on a, a bad run. Uh, even though some of the things are exceptional types of uh, injuries or incidents that she's run into. And so I I think this is just important due diligence from Emma to ensure that she understands fully, Hey, if I don't have this player available, here's what this person can do in this type of position. You know, there's not that many preseason matches to experiment and figure it out before you're playing a live game. And, every one of these 90 minutes is so critical to really understand because the squad is not as deep as it is like in the men's side for instance where you're talking about 30 plus players that you're trying to trim down against that this is emma really kind of trying to say like hey what is my actual matchday squad where is the depth who can rotate in certain positions and hopefully this gave her a chance to figure out if you know we do have in you know jrk an option for a winger, can she play in other positions as well? Where is Fran going to fit in? What does that look like? I think there's a lot of questions to answer still, Nick. But to me, it's just, it's <coughs> trying to figure out what will work over the course of a season. I mean, I guess my,
1: my question for you, Jesse, you covered the Euros. You saw Fran Kirby play in every single game for England. Um, and look, you know, back to some of her best, for sure. I mean, that, that's kind of the primary creator in that squad, right? what what are your thoughts about her not playing in portland and do you think that she's going to have a slow integration into the team at the beginning of the year like is, my my logic pattern would go she missed how many months at the end of the year
2: six basically yeah
1: so like you should be fresh right if if you're playing for England like the, the you know it, it should be like let's just roll into the season is it is it just Emma being overly cautious? Do you think, or is it like something else?
2: No, I I think it will be Emma being cautious. I mean, I was surprised even that Serena, Vegman played her for the whole of Euros. I know Serena Vegman's like obsessive about playing the same eleven, and look, it obviously works for her. And but you know, like when we were playing Northern Ireland in the the Dead Rubber, which was actually the game Fran scored in was probably at her best in but I was just like there is no need for you to play <laughs> Fran Kirby and it felt like a massive risk and I think Emma had obviously a huge amount of experience of looking after Fran over all of these seasons and I think she'll just feel like there was no need for her to be to be part of of the squad And but I think it's also interesting that it was you know very obviously done and made a big thing of So that, like, you know, Fran was there and she was taking all the pictures and stuff. But, like, you know, if Emma had just wanted to rest her, you could have just had her on the bench and not given her any minutes. I don't think anyone would have really thought anything of that, necessarily. But I found that interesting as a decision from the club.
1: Yeah, I I find it a bit fascinating, right? Because, like, there, as Dan mentioned, like, the last three or four seasons, like, there are some... There's a large body of, of evidence to suggest that she's not going to play every match of the year, right? And same with, like, an Angola Conte for the men's team, right? So you have to walk this fine line between wrapping them in cotton wool and making sure that they stay healthy and, like, giving them the game time so that they can feel like they're a part of the, the squad and be integrated and be firing in all cylinders and, like, doing the Frank Kirby shit that she does. Like, you can't just, like take her off the shelf and put her into the lineup for, for a game and go, all right, go score three goals and assist two more. Like, that's it's not realistic. So I'm I'm very curious as to how she is deployed this year, I think, more than anything, and, you know, whether Emma's just kind of saving her for, like, the big Champions League or big FA Cup fixtures and is going to allow for a lot more rotation this year. Because, I mean, the, to be fair, like, there's a ton of depth there. There's a ton of ability, you know, in, in the squad to – get goals if Frank Kirby's not necessarily the star player but it's just a little uh, I'm, I'm more curious than anything I guess
2: well I think the thing that will make the difference with hopefully with these both signings and I do think you know Lauren James feels like a new signing blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, bingo but I think what was concerning in the WSL especially last year is there were points where Hayes was taking everyone out of the team right and they all had to come on at half time Fran, Sam, everyone because the players who were then on the pitch weren't getting the job done and then you just defeated the whole point it felt like of of trying to rest your players because you couldn't Um, not to mention the fact that I always think it's probably not great for those players if you've been told you're kind of getting a rest and then you're doing your like half-baked warm-up on the side and you have to still go and play like a really big chunk of time so I think generally, I hope with the kind of improvement in quality that we've got in this squads that the rotation will just be more efficient um dan i don't know what you think
0: i mean it would seem likely given the amount of players that we have now and you know, reinforcements particularly ones of kind of a higher caliber or quality in terms of creating uh, always raising the floor so that, you know, you now instead of starting on maybe the first floor or the second floor, you're, you're starting at the fifth floor. You're starting midway up the tower. And so there's less of a, kind of a drop-off from your starter to your your backup option. And I mean, that's I don't think ever really been a problem for Chelsea because the, you know, the the, the first choice and second choice tend to be world-class players in every single position. But we've just added to that even more this season. So you would hope that if a player does need to go sixty five, and you can rotate out, you know, with multiple subs, that you get an opportunity to do that.
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's all fair, um, and I think it will be interesting to see how Hayes kind of kind of wants to make that work. Um, I think generally, it just feels like there is more competition for places than maybe there was last season too. Um,
1: do, I mean, do you think Jesse? Like, you've seen Lauren James, you've seen jrk for about the same amount of time roughly right do you think that it's lauren james first choice to replace fran on that side and then jrk and then whatever happens after that is that kind of the way that you would see that coming to life or do you do you see it differently
2: i honestly don't know i the jrk signing still kind of surprised me for the club to kind of pay money to get her out of contract when I didn't really feel... I mean, the money thing's like it's peanuts to a club like Chelsea, right? But again, it's a a symbol of intent. And, you know, obviously some people have also said it stops Arsenal getting her, for example. So maybe that. But, like, you know, the club is still getting a player that they want. If it was down to me, based on how the two of them performed, I would play Lauren because I think she was better across the two games. But that being said, Lauren has had all summer to kind of work on her fitness and work with the team and JRK went and played four games at the Euros so and I also wonder the other thing that is hard maybe to judge that there are a number of players in that team in our team who had a very good Euros but there are a number who who are coming off like quite a disappointing set, Panila, Magda JRK, Eve, you know these are all players who are like maybe because, like, I come from an English perspective and we won. I'm like, wasn't the Euros great fun for everyone? But there are probably players who feel a bit crap about how it turned, turned out. Like, if you're Swedish, like, that was a pretty humiliating, like, thing to go through. So I think maybe there's still stuff there, which means I think we'll we'll probably be taking a while before we've, like, really assessed as how Kanarid fits into the team and, and what her ceiling looks like. But I think right now you've got to say Lauren, right?
1: I would. I mean, I think mean, you've invested a whole year in Lauren, right, trying to ensure that she felt like a part of the team, that she understood the system, that you know, she had time to bet in. I mean, like that that's a, a very rare luxury to afford a player to, to basically give them an entire season uh to, to be a part of the be a part of the process. And like I think you'll start to see that pay off pretty quickly if if she gets a real consistent run in and you know, pretending, for example, that Kirby's only able to play, you know, starting, you know, September, October, and it's just kind of getting fit right now or whatever. There's a ton of match time there for someone like Lauren James who can take on opponents, who can obviously uh, put in ridiculous shots in Vox, like, who I think follows play really well. Um, like, I think there's a ton of, of opportunity there. I think it's just more creative than Jarek is. Um, yeah. So, I mean... That's what I would do, but I'm not Emma Hayes. So.
2: But and I guess, again, the question mark is, is, it's a bit like the Fran thing. Can you really rely on Lauren James to play a ton of minutes when she just missed a whole season through injury, basically? So there's that, there's that to bear in mind as well. Um, but I want to chat a bit about some of the more defensive sides of this game, how we looked as the game went on. I think against both the Thorns and Leon. As the games went on, we kind of tired and let these teams who hadn't really got that close to us back into the game a bit more. Obviously, it's just preseason, Dan, but it doesn't feel great to kind of be seeing that.
0: Well, thankfully, we still have more time between now and the start of the season. Again, not like a ton, right? But you've got a few more weeks. You've got one more game against Spurs. You've got an opportunity to get yourself in a position to be be the right level of fitness between now and then. And so just ultimately you would hope that you get there. I mean, I do think a few players looked ready to go. Like I, I do think like Buchanan looked up and ready to rock a full 90 and be okay doing it. Uh, you know, I think a few of our players who played late into the Euros uh, like Millie Bright maybe uh, could use a little bit more time to get back up to uh, full kind of match speed. Sam Kerr looked like she could play forever same with the you know, Aaron so I, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag at the moment but it's also related to the fact that you know I think a couple players did play late into you know the time that normally would be a rest period for them. I I was shocked that
1: you had four players go full 90s who you know three of them had played in the Euros like <laughs> it's just it's a little it's a little wild to me so I you know I'm I'm excited that we got full shifts out of Magda. I'm excited that we got full shifts out of Millie and Kadisha, and that you know Cuthbert is firing already. I think mean, player player of the first match for me by far. But this is a the the defense is still something that worries me a bit because I don't see the balance. Like Kadisha makes up for it with insane awareness. Like I think the awareness piece is what. I think there are a bunch of really fun tackles and facial expressions and a bunch of things that you get out of her, but like her her defensive awareness, especially there was there was a run that Sophia Smith made late on that she saw kind of late, but still then made up for and, and kind of pushed her out wide so that she didn't have the angle to to take a shot on. Like I think it's that kind of stuff that really impresses me, but it can't just be Buchanan doing it alone, Jesse. It has to be that the whole unit is working together. And at times last year, that was really good. Obviously, Chelsea let in very few goals in the WSL, like, despite everyone kind of bitching and moaning about the defense a lot throughout the year um, because of the Champions League. It just, I think they need time to gel together. And Emma needs to kind of, I think this is on Emma, like, I think she needs to pick a system with a defense and stick with that and just be, like, have a confident back four, back three, whatever the case is that knows their role, knows what they're going to do, and that other players, when they're subbed in, just slot into a system. Because I think it would be really challenging if you were just switching up the formation every other game and trying to figure out like where your spacing was, where the other player is. Like, I, And one player can't make up for all of
2: that. Yeah. And, you know, look, when Sophia Smith came on and started kind of, running happily through our defense i was having flashbacks to you know that original arsenal game the the wolfsburg game and that's why i think this game is useful because look like is it, if for people who don't know like sophia smith's having an exceptional season she's the joint top goal scorer like the u.s women's national team are so hot on what she means for the for the future of that squad like she's a very very good player but i guess it comes back down to this same problem of you put a couple of pacey forwards up against our defence sometimes and and it doesn't take much for it to, to creak now look this was this defence playing together for the first time so y- you're not expecting those those things to be perfect and you know last season we, we did have kind of some issues I guess because of how close the Olympics was to the start of the WSL season we didn't get the signings we wanted so it feels very different I think in terms of what those relationships being Formed might look like but I agree with Nick I think you know these are quality players I feel like if Emma decides what she's doing they will they will make it work but I feel like Dan at at points last year the problem was was it was almost like some of the defenders knew that Emma didn't believe in them and that almost was the original seed of anxiety in in their brain Mm.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, particularly for the new defenders, how quickly they can feel like they have earned that trust. I think Buchanan looks likely to pick that up quickly, given the way that she was handling some of the situations. Uh, I I love a, I'm going to let the ball roll in. I'm going to let someone close me down. I'm going to do the quick sidestep over and, like, pass the ball to myself to let them run by me. Always love... A calm, cool defender who will do something like that—it's—it's it's a class move. Uh, happy to see more of that um, with Paraset, I think it's going to be an opportunity to see how she contributes both in the attacking phases, uh, because I imagine she'll get asked to push up a little further forward. And then if it's the same back line as we've seen here, you know, it's Bright and you know, Magda getting up to kind of full speed and uh, kind of contributing the the right defensive offerings, and so. I mean, Nick. It feels like it's really down to Buchanan and Paraset to really earn that trust that Jesse's talking about in terms of readiness for the season to ensure that there there is that belief.
1: I mean, Buchanan's just a class above, though. I mean, like this signing is pretty incredible. Uh, like i i don't I don't worry about Buchanan. I worry about the structure. I, I think. Millie has done most of the freelancing and defense over the last handful of years, right? Like there, when, when opportunities have come for a little bit of forward running for a little bit of shithousery, like that's been kind of the role. And like, now you have someone who is more athletic, right? Who probably possesses better ball skills, um, who is, is sitting right So, so now I think the risk is that you have two people who want to do kind of the same thing a little bit. And if they if they don't learn when to ebb and flow together, like that's where your risk is. Right. Cause you mag not fast enough to then come from the left and cover all that space. And that's kind of the point that I'm making is like th- when they got disconnected last night, it was because they didn't understand where the other one was or Buchanan had just decided like, fuck it, I'm going like, I'm, I have to make this challenge. And then, you know, if the ball passed her by, then, then what, you know, um, I think that's going to be the the main thing, and like the, I don't even know what to do about the the right back spot. I mean, I think Paraset's going to give uh, going to get some time to bet in, but you know, Neve didn't really play that well in the first game. You know, I think she played okay, but possesses the pace that that might be required over there, and and I don't know what Jess Carter's going to do after having a really good season last year. So it's a very strange issue to have with the team that yielded so few goals in the WSL. But I think Jesse, if if you were to, you know, give Emma truth serum, which probably would only take like half a drop to, to get this answer out. Like, I don't think the WSL is her main goal this year.
2: No. And that's, what's hard as well. I think when you're trying to figure out how to fix this defense is you're talking about fixing a defense in, some very just specific occasions against the very best teams in the world. I mean, I don't know how the WSL will go this year, but look, we've won it three times in a row. We clearly don't have that much problem with Manchester City and Arsenal over the course of a whole season. We have problems against teams in other countries who we face during the Champions League. So you've then got to try and build a defence that's almost like working to a hypothetical because you won't get to trial it until you're there. And then if you're there it, and it goes horribly wrong, like it did in Germany last December, bye. Like, that's it. Now you've just got to wait a whole year until you get to give it another go. Because what happened? We played six more months and lost, what, one game in that time to Man City in the Conti Cup final.
1: Well, and and I think that's the, that's the reason you need to go buy a central defensive midfielder right? Because in the event that, you know, you play a back four, you play a back three, whatever the case is, right? And and I hope she, the amorphous blob does not stick around for very often. I hope it's a very structured uh, setup this year, which I know is probably asking a whole lot. But in in the event of either one of those, you need someone who can aid in uh, transitions against your back two back three back four whatever the hell it is right right now you're asking aaron cuthbert to cover the entire fucking field and that is not realistic over the course of the she'll try it but she will, <laughs> and she will do it gladly but I, but it's not the way that you're going to get the best out of aaron cuthbert right and so i think th- there are a number of players jesse that i'm sure in your brain that would be you know kind of perfect for for the role that we're thinking about right now but I think that has to be the number one thing that Emma Hayes goes and gets done with, with Bowley and Co. Is find me a top class central defensive midfielder who can pass the ball, who can make recovery runs, who can do the dirty work that we are going to need to ensure that in Europe that we're defensively sound and then we're not shipping four or five goals a game, which is ridiculous for a team of this talent.
2: Yes, and sadly, the one that is in my brain just signed a really long contract with her club. Um,
1: I believe that's the one that I have in mind as well.
2: (laughs) I think it's the one we all have in mind. There is one final thing I want to touch on before we we wrap up, Dan, and it's the one position we haven't really talked about. And it's potentially a a triggering position for Chelsea fans right now, but it's AKB with the ball at her feet. Um, There was one great opportunity that, that Portland got in this game, which basically came from... AKB hoofing the ball to them. We saw Musovic against Leon, AKB here. Honestly, across both games, neither of them had loads to do, but is this the season Emma settles on Musovic?
0: No, I don't think so. <laughs> I I it just feels like a a thing where it's going to be varied. I I do think the likelihood of things like penalties in the Champions League. We've seen, I think, better proof that uh, AKB (laughs) can do a job versus them, uh, even if there's some questionable distribution at times. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I I feel like it's going to be a level of rotation that occurs to maintain fitness and competition, and I don't think there will be Like, I I think it's effectively going to take a really bad result, Nick, to make a a longer switch or a kind of more permanent switch.
1: Yeah, I would have thought so coming into the season. But, I, I mean, just having looked at both of them over the last two matches, right, both had, you know, almost equal time. Obviously, the first game going to penalties is fucking hilarious for no reason whatsoever, just... The dumbest. Thing. Ninety
0: minutes penalties. Yeah. Let's go. It
1: was. It was like Dan when we were in Charlotte and the and the, what like the game against Charlotte FC went to penalties and the whole press box was like,
0: why? What? See, at least this time I knew it was going to happen, and so when it hit full time and everybody in the press box was like, so what happens now? I'm like penalties. It goes to penalties. No one had been briefed on that. If yeah,
1: this is a whole other thing, but um. Yeah, I, I don't think either one of them are the clear-cut number one right now is the problem. And I think that if if CDM is your number one concern this season, that next offseason it's going to be getting a, a real number one goalkeeper if you don't think Musevich is going to be that player. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know who's going to start the season. Um, you know, AKB certainly slid off last year after having kind of a career year the year before. But neither one kind of gave me the assurance, Jesse, that I needed um, heading into day one, and it might be the position outside of, of CDM that is our weakest on the team.
2: No, see, I disagree. I'm all, I'm just all in on Musaevich um, at this okay. point. Okay. I mean, maybe not in a penalty shootout because she wasn't great. Right, <sighs> but meme um...
0: lord Musaevich. Oh my
1: goodness! I. Delayed dive is a is a friendly way to put it.
2: Yeah, yeah. But generally, I think... I don't know. I, I mean, I still think AKB is obviously, like, maybe one of the best shot stoppers in the world. But I think what you lose from her feet is... is not worth what Musevich could bring. And I feel like we've still not had the opportunity to see if she... if Musevich is... I don't feel like I know how close Musovic is to AKB in those situations because she hasn't played enough tough games. Because AKB was still preferred in the biggest games towards the end of last season. So, but I think generally that she's probably now the better goalkeeper, in my opinion. And and I think she's really good. Um, But I don't know. They basically went 50-50 on their minutes in the WSL last season in the end. And I could see that happening again.
1: I mean, I could too. I mean, this is a it, – it's just kind of an enigma to me. Like, and the fact that they split minutes tells me that in training they're probably about even as well. Like, and, and I think you you don't see that very often, right? I mean, like, that's a pretty rare deal unless there's a big injury or something with the minutes piece, which they're, you know, I think it was more of a confidence performance thing than it was an injury thing. So, I, I – I bet you see both of them and I hope that Emma picks the right one in the right situation
2: all right so we've got one more preseason game heading back to King's Meadow to face Spurs next weekend then everyone goes on international duty which is the dumbest fucking thing I've seen cool sounds good so dumb anyone do Uh, so great you do preseason then you leave and then you come back opening day Against West Ham, who instantly lost 5-0 to Liverpool in preseason. Yes, that's recently promoted Liverpool. Um, uh, at Stamford Bridge, Nick, I'm going to come to you first. What are you changing from this lineup to, to your starting lineup for the first day of the WSL? Um,
1: I mean, are we assuming that we're playing a 4-3-3 opening? Is that kind of the, the config that we're, that we're going off of?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Based off off this this match, that would be my assumption at this point.
1: Uh, okay, so I'm going to I'm going to take Sophie out. I'm going to put Aaron back there. Uh, I think I'm going to probably swap JRK with Lauren James, um, and I'm going to figure out who kind of fills the other eight. I think that's the, the biggest question mark I have for for my lineup. I mean I if I were to bet, I'd bet that Eve starts. I think you're gonna get that back four pretty conclusively. I think you'll have Goro, Sam and and Lauren with Pernilla Harder and an eight with Aaron in there. I, I'm just struggling with my other eight right now. I think if I if I take Sophie out, I don't have a perfect like
2: You wanna put other. Jesse in?
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, I I think she looked a little off the pace the other the other night against Leon, but I mean, talk about a role like perfectly suited. Like, I think her coming from deep is like the right place for her to eventually live. So yeah, give me Jesse.
2: Dom, what are you saying? Yeah, I don't think there was that uh,
0: much wrong with where Nick went. I think that wow. that's disappointing. A rare, yeah, a rare compliment. I know it is disappointing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to make it as uh, as light of a compliment as possible. It's like a feather a feather landing on water. Um, Put that right in my cap. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah. I think Lauren is the one for me. That's probably the most interesting. Yeah, with with, uh, JRK kind of potentially getting the the start over her. Um, I could see why JRK potentially goes in, but it just it does not fit the mold of how Emma beds in signings for her to start a competitive match right away after signing. Uh, other than I think Buchanan just looks ready to go and perfectly situated to slot in opening day. Um, yeah, I don't I don't feel like there's a ton of question marks. Um, I mean, I think that we, we did talk about Kirby potentially being ready to go. Maybe we see her in the Spurs match and maybe that changes our mind a little bit about her starting, because if she's healthy and ready to go, it's hard to not include her <laughs> in, in an 11. And so I'll reserve full judgment until we get back and talk about it uh, after this first match.
1: Can, can I quickly just give you an all-out attack lineup that I think could be really interesting?
0: <laughs> is it going to be the way that Tuchel lined up in the second half? The 4-0-6? Yeah, yeah, the 4 0 No, midfield, <laughs> all attack. The,
1: the 4 zero 6 is a really bold choice. Um, yeah, I, I think there is some sort of, like, uh, we trotted out, like, the 4-2-4 before the four two two thing where you just kind of throw in the kitchen sink at it. I think there's some iteration of that where it's, like, Guru, Pranilla, Sam, and Fran, like, kind of all-out attack with two holders in there, assuming that you can get another one. And I think there is something fascinating about that because I don't think you could defend all four. Like, I think that would be, you'd have to make real choices if you're a defense and that wouldn't be fun.
2: Yeah, I would, I would like to see it. I think it would be, I, I mean, but really, if you, if you got to commit to the bit, Nick, you then need to make your holding midfielders be Lauren James and,
1: and Jesse. Jesse Plemish. Yes, there we go. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Figure that just, one out.
1: <laughs> just an absolute stout midfield there. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. nothing getting by him.
2: Mm-hmm. Alright, well, fingers crossed. That is what we are playing against Spurs maybe, is to make part of the fun. You know, preseason should be fun, so I'd like to see something like that. I'll put a request in uh, with Emma, but that is us. Request for fun. <laughs> request for fun. You,
1: you didn't answer your own question. Is this the lineup or what?
2: I think this is, well, I think if it was up to me, I'd put Musovic in for AKB and I'd put Lauren in for JRK. But and then I'd put Jesse in for Sophie, but I, my head thinks this might be the lineup. But it'll be interesting to see what happens at Spurs because there are questions, right? Like, is Fran coming back? Something that I at still wonder if we'll see at some point is whether Eve plays as the holding midfielder because that is something she has done before in France. Um, so it is an option there, which might solve the Sophie Ingle issue, and then you give Jess Carter minutes a right back. My worry about that is is I don't think Jess Carter is very good going forward still, which doesn't have to be a bad thing, but I don't think you can play Magda Eriksson as your left back and Jess Carter as your right back because that's basically four centre-backs. It's the opposite of the all-out attack. But maybe that's what you need if you're going to play the four zero six. is then just to play a line of centre-backs.
1: I think then, in that case, we just lump in Abdelina. We lump in every defender that we have. And like the, we're doing like... Yeah, we're... Do- we're going to go with like an 8-2, you know, like the classic formation from back in the day, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And just line them all up, like along the goal line and yeah. then just let everyone else kind of run.
1: It's just Sam up there freelancing. Like,
2: yeah. <sighs> yeah. So this is why you get Satura in, because she's just playing those, those assist passes like she did against Villa for Sam.
1: Route one. That's what Done. I'm saying.
2: See you in Eindhoven for the Champions League final. <laughs>
1: the most anti-Barcelona way to play football and they're so yeah. confused by it they're like what the hell
2: they're just doing their triangles in the middle of the pitch yeah. but like no one's around but no one's there
1: <laughs> enjoy it pass to each other how it's about perfect.
2: that it's perfect alright we are going to be back this week to chat a bit about some of the youngsters in the squad um, some of the players you might be going out on loan who we haven't really touched on we'll be joined by Rob Prattley for that one and then I don't know how it has happened we'll be doing some special I hope Pre-season previews, depending on the geographic location of some people, potentially. Um, are but are you looking at there?
1: <laughs> Not me, hopefully. D- I don't
2: know. Uh, I don't it's, know. It's potentially an
1: in-person session that that we're going to put together here, which will be really special and fun. I'll I'll be in the UK for those who are like, what the hell is he talking about? So, yes, that's what <laughs> so I'm, I'm. We I'm can cross to our fingers.
2: Cross our fingers for that one. Um, it'll be, that'll be some good fun. But Nick, Dan. Thank you very much for joining me, for, for fighting the good fight on the other side of the Atlantic and watching games at normal times. Uh, yeah, have, like how'd
1: that feel? You like
0: that?
2: Well, the irony is, of course, is that I stayed up till 2am to watch our 1st preseason game that was in America, and I will be getting up at 4.30am for our first WSL game because I am in America. So, there we go. I, I started the season as I mean to go on. Um, which is which will be good, good fun. But hey ho, hey, why why don't you book a holiday over the opening WSL weekend when you're a women's football writer? That makes sense. Makes right? sense. Why not? Make it make sense. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. And until we speak to you again, you know what to do, Chelsea fans. Keep the blue flag flying high.